You're listening to Radio Tab's Mobile Rolling. Presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound. Making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue. The same keen prices online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. Thanks, Steve, and uh, thanks for everyone for joining us for another edition of Mobile to Rolling as he outlined just moments ago. We've got a, uh, a big weekend of harness racing action coming up tomorrow night over in the West, the Fremantle Cup. On Saturday night, it's the Shepparton Gold Cup, and I cast no shadow is the favourite with tab fixed price. He goes up a shade of odds on, and he's come up with a nice draw. Cam Hart will take the drive for Jason Grimson, who's got a very strong hand to play in that uh, Shepparton Gold Cup. And we've got 10 events on Saturday night at Albion Park. And the return to racing of one of Queensland's best paces is certainly going to be the attraction there with Teddy Disco, a winner of 12 of his 25 starts to date. He's banked more than $215,000. He's getting set for an interstate campaign because connections are eyeing off the Group 1 Chariots of Fire in Sydney. But he kickstarts his latest campaign when he resumes on Saturday night. So there is a lot to talk about. Matt Young will join us. We'll dissect that Fremantle Cup. There's a lot of big news coming through from the West. Ryan Warwick and Team Bond, they've announced they're going their separate ways in the coming weeks. So I'll talk to Matt about that. News on Gary Hall Jr. He was suspended last week. It looks like he's going to be missing from the Fremantle Cup and maybe even the WA Pacing Cup. So we'll cover all that news with Matty Young. But first and foremost, I wanted to track down the trainer of Teddy Disco because this star Queensland pacer returns to racing on Saturday night. He's lining up in a race two, the Garrard's Horse and Town pace. We are talking about Teddy Disco. Sean Grimsey puts the polish on the son of Tintin in America, and he joins us first up this morning. Sean, appreciate the time. No worries at all, Chris. Thanks. Exciting to have him back. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's good. Good to have him back, um, back racing. Yeah. We haven't seen him since that Group 1 New South Wales Breeders' Challenge final. You chased home Leap to Fame in that race. Uh, did he have a good break following that uh, campaign in Sydney late, late last year? Uh, he, had a, he had a couple of weeks off, and then we brought him back in and just jogged him for a couple of weeks. He he did well, so had long enough off. Um, yeah, so we are pretty happy with him. Okay. So he returns on Saturday night. Was this the race that you were looking at all the way through to kickstart his four-year-old campaign? Uh, well, I did, did have it marked off. I was hoping to get a run into him last week, but um, that didn't that didn't happen, so he trialled again. Okay. So the plan was originally two trials and then a couple of races, and then you hit the road and head to Sydney. Yeah, that's about it. Yep. So we're looking to go down on the 5th of February. Okay. Just on the trials so far, so three trials in total. There's been good improvement with each of those trials. Really quiet first up, and then you've just cranked him up a little bit uh, with each trial. Where is he at right now, fitness-wise? Oh, I think he's, um, yeah, I think he's pretty good. Like, he's been, um, we've never really had a horse to work him with, but um, now he's got speed dating. They've been working together, and... Um, yeah, no, re- really quite happy with the progress he's made and he w- works pretty well Wednesday. So, yeah, everything seems in order. Mm. That last trial, he, he stopped the clock at 55.3. He looks magnificent, Sean, in the coat. Uh, he, he's very easy on the eye. Yeah, yeah, no, he's, he, he's in good order. He's eating good. Yeah, he's got a good shine to him. So, 
he generally does. He looks after himself pretty well. So, yeah, no, it's a, no we're pretty confident we've got him in a good spot. All right. Now, the obvious thing, just from those trials, have you peeled back or stripped off a fair bit of gear this time in with Teddy? Yeah, well, yeah, we we took the head check off and um, and then yeah, last trial we we've taken the um, taken the hood off him. We always sort of felt he'd be better the more we could open him up, but we tried it once and he he got a, he got a little too aggressive. So yeah, but hopefully um, hopefully this works. He's going to need everything in his favour if he can get into the chariots. So yeah. Okay. Now, Saturday night with this race, is this the only draw that you didn't want, the inside of the second row? <laughs> well, uh, uh, oh, I suppose 12 would have been worse. Um, yeah, it's not It's not like ideal. You sort of get yeah, hemmed away a little bit there, but anyway, we'll just follow out the one and see what happens. That's up to Nathan. Um, yeah, so... If it doesn't pan out, it doesn't pan out. Like not not much you can do about it, as long as he pulls up good and races well. What would be the ideal way you'd want this race to unfold? Is it just like as you said, leader behind leading and just get that soft, easy trip first up? Would that be ideal? Oh, that that'd be good. Um, yeah, that'd be great. But yeah, it would be. Um, yeah, I don't know, Jen. You know, you only need. One or two horses going forward, and it sort of opens up a bit. So if Nathan gets a chance to get off, then he, uh, no doubt he will. Um, much the same as in the three-year-old Redcliffe last year. You know, it wasn't one. The second line wasn't looking great, but he had him off within 100 metres, I think. So, yeah, he'll, he'll take he'll take care of it. All right. Well, 2023 has started in a blaze of glory for Nathan. He's got the eye in as per normal. Uh, just on Nathan, what was the feedback from the trials so far? No, no, he's been he's been really happy with him, so that he's feeling sharper. So, yeah, no, he's um, no, he's 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 happy with him. So, that's the best guide. He's he's not the best track worker at home, so it gets a little bit difficult to get a hundred percent guide off him there. But yeah, if Nathan Nathan's happy with him and he's pulling up good, well, we're happy. All right. Could he see a difference just when he laid eyes on him uh, after that Sydney campaign back in late October? Oh, I think he thought he sort of got a bit taller and, yeah, starting to fill out a bit more again. So, yeah. But, yeah, no, he's, get, he's, he's definitely getting bigger. Okay. So how many runs does he have here uh, locally before you hit the road? Oh, well, obviously Saturday night and then we'll aim to go again in a fortnight. And then the, the four-year-old qualifying race is a fortnight after that at Menangle. So, yeah, so two now. I think that should okay. keep him pretty good. So if he comes through Saturday night with a win, what sort of grade will you be contesting next time out? Does he have to go into a free-for-all? Would you put him in a free-for-all here locally before going to Sydney? Um, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm looking towards. It's over the mile in a fortnight and you invariably don't get a full field. So it gives you know, you're less chance of getting caught three wide or anything like that. And, you know, you're not going in it to win it. They'll... Um, They'll run along at good speed, and it's not going to be um, the chariots isn't isn't going to be any easier. So, may as well stretch him out as best we can before we go. That's the plan. Okay. Well, that being said, hypothetically, if 
Teddy was lining up in Saturday Night's Free For All, which features Turn It Up, Blacks A Dance and a few others. How does he sort of measure up there? Oh, well, you know, no doubt if he, if he, if he drew one and could follow Blacks A Dance, I think he'd be in the placings. But if you're sort of out in five, you, you've probably got to go back and you're just looking to run on really good, like, as we know, Flex Van gets on the front end and he can run some big miles. It's impossible to catch him and turn it up. Like, well, he's just a, he's a fantastic horse, especially when Shane's got him 100% right. Like, and he's in good form. So I think he's probably the best of them up here. Mm. But you can match it with him and even beat them, though, can't you? Oh, I hope so. <laughs> <It's>, um, <laughs> That's the <yeah>. plan. <laughs> Yeah, it's where you're going to end up. So, but you never know till you get there. Yeah, like he's got, he, he seems to be driving good. He's, he's got good gate speed. He's strong. Like, um, yeah, he 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 went good, good at Menangle. Um, probably probably the mile is an ideal for him. Um, but yeah, he, hopefully he will. That's all I can say, really. Yeah, okay. he's heading in the no, right just direction. Sure. Just on the chariots of fire, um, no doubt you're keeping an eye on the opposition and, and rivals that you're likely to face. There's no leap to fame. There's no Akuta. So it looks like being Captain Ravishing, Catch a Wave, maybe Republican Party from New Zealand is waiting on confirmation from Crandell Giddy. It, it, you know, they're not easy races. Uh, no chariots ever is. No. But uh, it, it's a good crop of four-year-olds, though, isn't it? Oh, yeah, they absolutely. Like, And then... Well, obviously, Jared Elkin's got Ultimate Ronnie and Hewitt's have got Rip. Like, Rip was, he was fantastic in Victoria. Obviously, obviously wasn't at his best up here. Um, yeah, he's a quality horse. And there's other ones down there in um, probably Victoria that, that go quite well. But they're probably your main ones, like Ultimate Ronnie, Catch a Wave, um, Captain Ravishing and Rip, that I can think of off the top of my head anyway. Mm. But it's exciting, though, when you when you sit down and sort of look at what you're, you know, contemplating, um, you know, tackling. It's it's quite exciting. Well, yeah, it, it is. It's it isn't as good fun. Like, you, oh, I suppose you dream of winning them, eh? But realistically, you're um, you, you're sort of up against it. But if you don't go, you won't know. So you, you're fitting well. Um, You've got ability, like he's got a few things in his favour. Like I say, he's got gate speed and he's, he's a tough horse. So, um, And he wasn't that far behind Leap to Fame in like an Australasian record. So, you, yeah, you just, you've got to have a crack. Yep. After the chariots, does he come home fresh and get set for the, the rising sun during the carnival up here? Yeah, well, that, yeah, that would, that would be the, um, I suppose that's your main aim. It's probably the conditions that suit the best. Um, the rising sun, yeah, that, that'll that'll be yeah that'll be what we focus on. And what about the Eureka? Ah, oh, of course you want to race for two point three million, but I don't know if anyone would be be chasing him. Um, yeah, that's um, out of our control. If someone gets interested, well. Yeah, we'll we'll get involved, but if they're not, it's not the end of the world either. I mean, you might be racing for two point three million, but if you run ninth, you're not getting much of it. So, yeah, 
Yeah, but the chariots great. of fire campaign will determine what the interest is like. If he performs really well oh. during the chariots, that the phone will ring. Oh, I, I, I dare say that's sort of where you're hinging um, your main hopes on. And if he goes well there, and then you're good in the rising sun, well, you're looking more of a chance. But the other thing too is like there's those three-year-olds as well that come through, and you know there's plenty of good ones of them. So, yeah, I'm not sure who's got all the slots, but obviously people that have got slots that have got good horses are already taking those slots up with their ones. So it starts, and then, and then like Racing Queensland are putting a horse in Tasmania, so it starts to narrow it down pretty quickly. Mm. Well, it's going to be interesting. There's no doubt about it, and it just adds to the excitement, yeah. thinking uh, what, what's ahead. So we've got the Chariots of Fire, then the Rising Sun in the winter, and hopefully the Eureka in spring. Couple of other runners for you on Saturday night. Uh, Swaggy Shannon goes around in the first. Speed dating the the mare goes around in the final race. Do you give them good hopes this weekend? Yeah, well, old Swaggy Shannon, we like we think he's he's going terrific. Although his numbers don't say so, and um, he's drawn in. He's finally got a draw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got a draw. So hopefully Shane can um, find him a good passage and. And he he won't be far away. Like he's he's going good. He's won one of those races before. So yeah, he's 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 a chance. Um, there's a couple of good horses in there as well. But yeah, he, he's up there. And the mare, yeah, well she she uh, her last last run was a lot better, and she's trained on real well since. So um, yeah, Mr. Mina's obviously outsider, and Molly's Mariel's insider. They look the main two. So it, it's going to be an interesting race, but. Certainly wouldn't surprise me if she won this week. Mm. Well, hopefully there's a winner or two for the stable there on Saturday night. But it's great to see Teddy back in action. Looking forward to him starting in race two. Horse 8, Teddy Disco, one of the stars here in Queensland. Sean, as always, appreciate the time. We'll see you trackside on Saturday night. No worries. Thanks a lot, Chris. There's Sean Grimsey joining us. So uh, a lot to look forward to there with uh, Saturday night, Teddy Disco. And that free-for-all is a good race as well. So I'm looking forward to that. If if Teddy comes through Saturday night's race uh, in, in really good order, he could be taking on the free-for-allers. And that free-for-all on Saturday night over the 2,138 is going to be keenly contested. Deus Ex Gate 1, he's a gate speed horse. Uh, then you've got uh, Tommy Lincoln, who performed well last week. Black Sedan's turn it up. All drawing the front row. Black Sedan 6, turn it up 7. And Northview Hustler. He could be the sleeper there, the only horse off the second row. So it's a good card there on Saturday night at Albion Park. Let's focus on Gloucester Park. The Fremantle Pacing Cup is the feature coming through tomorrow night. It's race number five, and there is a lot to talk about with this feature tomorrow night. Our man that joins us each and every Thursday is Matty Young, and he's online now. Matty, appreciate the time. Good morning, boys. Uh, I've got to say, before we focus on this, what about all the news that's happening over there in the West? Uh, Ryan Warwick announcing that uh, he, he's about to leave Team Bond in the coming weeks. Uh, Gary Hall Jr. was suspended last Friday night. He was unsuccessful in his appeal. It's all happening. Yeah, it's uh, that time of year for Junior. He's um, He seems to make his biggest mistakes in January, um, whether... He gets reprimanded or cops a little suspension. He just seems to go to another level and try far too hard in January. And uh, yeah, he's got himself some time. So I think he might be further appealing uh, again. So uh, he's going to try and do that. But 
If he is unsuccessful, I think he's driving on Friday nights. He's still down to drive on Friday. But if he is unsuccessful, then it becomes no Gary Hall Jr. in the WA Pacing Cup, which also in recent years, Jr.'s always had to Chicago Bull or one of the main chances in the Pacing Cup. And this year, he probably hasn't got one of the top-tier chances um, because Madison Brown, his partner, is obviously driving Diego and Stuart McDonald's driving Gambit, who... They look to have the edge over uh, the whole contingent at this stage. So uh, that's massive news going forward. And also Ryan Warwick, after so many loyal years of service to uh, the Bond camp, has uh, announced that he's going to leave and he'll be there until uh, the start of February and then depart and go to uh, another another part of his life and to that next stage of his life. So uh, we wish him all the best and... Uh, he's been a fantastic driver and a fantastic worker for Greg and Sky Bond for a number of years. They've given him some great opportunities and he's uh, delivered on more than one occasion. So uh, it is uh, sad news out of the Bond camp, but it gives someone else a very big opportunity to step up and take that role going forward. Well, was that unexpected? What's the reaction been like over there, Matt, with that news that he set the lead? So. How did it all come about, and hasn't been, or has it been building over a period of time? No, I think a lot of people are very shocked about it. Um, yeah, it's, it's sort of sort of come out of nowhere, but um, the decision's been made, and um, he's giving them ample opportunity to find a replacement. And but the work that Ryan puts in from people who who work with him uh, speaks so highly about how much effort he does put in uh, at the stable and as well as the uh, passion that he has for uh, curating tracks and getting their tracks spot on for the horses to fast work on. Like, uh, I just think he's going to be a very hard person to replace, that's for sure. Yeah, no doubt about it. But the barrier draw was always going to be important for the Fremantle Cup tomorrow night. Lo and behold, Labour Joe draws one, Diego comes up in two. They're both great front runners. So the fact that Labour Joe's got the inside, he's going to start favourite. Does he just take them all the way? I'd love to see him do it. Um, he's a horse who... My only concern is he hasn't raced since the Golden Nugget, so it has, it's nearly been a month between runs. He has had one trial where he went 155 in the trial, but 2,500 metres. I think if it's more or less... If you're nitpicking, you're looking for any convictions there, that'd be the only one, is that he hasn't had a run going into this race where there's been horses that are very consistent and have beaten him over the longer trip before. But he's got the draw. I'm not sure whether he's ever been beaten when he's led. So uh, he's just got an absolutely outstanding record. And he, he gets a chance to win that elusive Group 1. So, look, he, he looks very, very hard to beat. And you'd imagine he would probably be able to get the job done. OK. Diego, can he win if he can't lead? Uh, he can do. It just gets a lot more difficult because I don't think he's a horse that can do the work in the breeze. So therefore, it becomes um, how far does he get shuffled back? Do they pick and choose? He over raced a bit last start. That was over the 2100. This is 25. Do they want to fire him out the gate? There's a few uh, options there, but there's also a couple of little thought processes that need to go in 
to the decision on what they'd do with him, but I imagine they'd come out under their own steam. Mighty Ronaldo's a horse who he's not really the same if they use him off the gate, so I think they might just try and duck in. Patrona Star, likewise, Wild West can be a little bit hit and miss at the start. Uh, his form's just been okay. Uh, then you've got Gambit will likely roll forward. Magnificent Storm might run the gate from gate number eight and try and negate that bad barrier straight away. So I could see Diego one out and two back, and if the tempo is solid, then yes, he can win. Uh, but it, it, there is going to be a lot of chances around him uh, to be able to get him. Okay. And, and you just mentioned Magnificent Storm. Can, can he bounce back off what he showed last week? It's pretty hard to expect him to be able to win from out in gate number eight, especially with Laverage Joe drawn in one. But I think with his race fitness and Laverage Joe is more of a, a grinding type, I think that will suit Magnificent Storm uh, to be able to stick on a bit better. I think... Diego's sectionals that he's been able to carve out have been outstanding where that can get Magnificent Storm off the bit where Labra Joe will just consistently run solid times throughout. So I think Aldo would be pretty happy to get him up to the breeze and from there he'll get every chance to run the top three or four. Can he beat Labra Joe? Well, it might come down to fitness in that last little bit and the swoop is coming into it such as uh, Diego, Gambit, Wild West, Patronus Star. And even if the peg horses get run, Hampton Banners drawn beautifully has to be considered a, a decent chance as well. But, yeah, I think I do think it is potentially between Laverage Joe and Magnificent Storm. It was quite amazing with the barrier draw. There were three numbers left. Three horses, Minstrel, Magnificent Storm and Laverage Joe, 1, 8 and 12 were left. And uh, Robbie Tomlinson came up and picked number eight for Magnificent Storm. And you can just see the, uh, the heartbreak there. Uh, barrier one was available. Labrajo was the last horse out, and he got barrier one. So it is truly remarkable, and uh, you love those barrier draws for that. They, they really are a cliffhanging event. Yeah, no doubt about it. So if is the horse to beat, what's the best long shot in this race tomorrow night? Uh, long shot-wise, I think uh, Hampton Banner. Uh, he proved two starts ago that he can run the distance pretty strongly. He's going to get a really soft run, loves being on the pegs, and he is a genuine threat because if they just forget about him, leaders back, then he can definitely get the job done. Uh, Volton Tin is a horse that's likely to be three back the pegs. He can be forgotten about, and he has got some good form over the longer trip. So, and he can sprint. The old boy's still got a bit of speed in those legs. So those are the two roughies in the race, I'd suggest. Uh, look the best chance, but you need an element of luck where they're probably going to be leaders back, three back the pegs, and what could be a pretty compact sort of finish. Okay. What is your best bet tomorrow night at GP? Race six, number four, Cherish the Memories, was a really good run last start. Uh, Jocelyn Young trains and drives, has the draw advantage over Nevermind the Chaos. The three inside look hand up horses, should push forward, get to the top, and that should be all she wrote. So race six, number four, Cherish the Memories. All right, race six, number four. Maddie, can't wait for tomorrow night. It should be a ripper. There's plenty happening over there in Perth. Enjoy tomorrow night. We'll touch base next week. Cheers, mate. Here's Maddie Young joining us from the West. Uh, so uh, he's given us leverage. Joe, a couple of rubbies there, Hampton, Manavolt, and Tim. But the best bet is race six, number four. Cherish the memories. That is mobile rolling for this Thursday morning. Plenty more coming up tomorrow.